0: There's a time in which your cute little child transforms into a big, freakish monster. And no, I'm not talking about the so-called terrible twos. I'm talking about full-blown adolescence, with all the emotional, hormonal, and other shitstorms that period of life brings. Do you remember yours? And while adolescence always ends, and they will become normal adults, you still want to get through that time with yours and your child's sanity, and in good terms. In this episode, I'll tell you how. Welcome to the Apparently Parent podcast. My name is Ron Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So, if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Iran Katz. Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of the Apparently Parent podcast. We're nearing 20 episodes, which is quite exciting. And I am so happy that you have joined me here today, and we have something really important to talk about, which is how can you understand your adolescent child. So up until today, most of the podcast episodes didn't um, focus on a particular age group of children, right? And I I truly believe that most of the uh, things that I teach here on Apparently Parent and the whole concept of the parenting map really applies to every age group. It applies to raising a baby and it applies to raising a toddler and a preschooler and a school child and also teens. And it also applies when you have grown up children, knowing uh, what your parenting values are and how they change through time. and and working on the attachment and being mindful to yourself and to your child. It's important in every, every stage. But today I want to focus on a particular stage in life, which is raising a teenager. And I want to start with a little story. And this is a story about a client of mine, which uh, was talking about her 12 years old daughter. She had two kids and one of them was a 12 years old daughter. That was her first child. And she came to me for several reasons and some of those reasons were talking about her parenting. And on one of our sessions she told me, as she was talking about her child, she told me, you know something? I just don't recognize her anymore. It's like, it's not the same child that I used to have. And we sat with that thought for a second or a couple of seconds and you know, what a sad thought that is, am I right? You know something? I just don't recognize her anymore. That's not the child that I used to have. That's pretty sad. And and she went on to tell me about her daughter and why she feels like that. And she explained to me how her daughter used to be this comfortable child. Pleasantly calm, easygoing, friendly. But now she's a mess. She's all over the place and she's unfriendly and she screams at her mom and, you know, banging doors... Rolling her eyes. And, and my client, she felt like all those qualities that she liked about her child, that she was proud of as a mom, they all went out a window. So I asked my client, I her, how do you feel when that happens? What, wh- what is happening for you when you see your child acting like that? When you see your daughter rolling her eyes at you or at her dad? When you see her so angry? when you see her so disrespectful, when you see her so not the child that you used to have or you used to dream of. And she sat with that for a couple of minutes and she noticed how her whole body is tensing and she noticed she has this anger rising up inside of her when she sees her child like that. And, and I asked her, what do you want to do? What do you want to say when you see her like that? And she was like, all I want to do is yell at her, shout at her to stop being such a brat, to stop being so ungrateful, to stop being like that. And of course, that doesn't work. And I told her that you're right. You're actually right. That's not the same kid that you used to have, but she's still your daughter. She's the same, same daughter that you used to have. She just has a different mind right now. And it's a teenage mind. So in this episode, I want to break down a little bit the concept of the teenage mind and, and to explain to you as much as possible in one podcast episode, what's going on? what What is the drama of the teenage brain? Why do they seem like such crazy monsters all, all of a sudden? And when I talk about it, I want you, as I know you're a parent, and maybe you don't have teenage kids yet, and so you're kind of, preparing yourself for that and maybe you do have teenage kids already but I want you to always keep in mind the teenage that you used to be and I think this kind of thinking is one of the best things we can provide for ourselves in our parenting journey to always try and keep in mind the kind of kid that I used to be in different ages for example now I have a seven-year-old boy and he's about to go into second grade soon and I have to remind myself what was it like to be a first grader. What was it like to be seven years old? What was it like for me uh, to be in my first year of school and dealing with all that's coming up for a child like that? This is something you can do if you have teenage kids. Try to remind yourself what was it like for you. It will help you a lot if you could do that, if you can enter their mind from your own memories, even if you don't have the same context. If, if you, you know, you can tell me, Iran, I had the craziest, the worst parents ever. I, they didn't understand me at all. Okay, and they were like old geezers and and i'm I'm not them, I'm not like that, so my child doesn't have the same childhood and the same adolescence that I had and I can agree with that that's fine, but there are some objective global universal truths about being a teenager that you can understand how they see you as painful as it may be, but you can understand how they see you through your own memories of how you saw your children. But I digressed, and I want to go back to uh, talking about the drama of the teenage brain. So think about your child as a baby. Remember when they were like a couple of months old? And what awe you felt. How awesome was that to watch a developing baby, to watch this creature come to the world, and and transform from a helpless little baby who can barely roll over from his tummy to his back to grow into this little kid who can run and talk and laugh. And when they show their unique personality, oh my, I'm having these moments right now with my daughter. She's almost three years old and she she's developing this unique, amazing personality that can drive me insane and also f- fall in love with her in, in, in the same second. In, in those moments when they're like two years old, three years old, and they bring their all unique personality out into the world, your relationship with them develop and, and change shape and you develop a reciprocal language and shared experience with them that, that will go with you for the rest of your lives. And that is something that is happening all the time. And then a couple of years later, their body starts to change and they elongate and they develop in high speed. And all the softness and the round faces, the cuteness are suddenly, you know, their features are more pro- pronounced and more edgy. And and the same goes for the personality. Less round, less soft, more edges. And this can, you know, catch you by surprise. And this can also be Kind of painful to watch sometimes. So what's going on over there for them? Again, if I go back to looking at children after their birth, our brains, they change so much after we come into this world and in rapid motions. And in the first four to five years of life, there are so many connections that are being created between nerve cells as children learn how to live in the world. So our brain, they develop in high, high, high speed, forming all these connections between... Nerves and, and different regions of the brain to formulate all the things that we learn how to see the world, how to listen to the world, how to react in the world, how to react in social contexts, etc. And then, after a couple of years, this growth spurt kind of ends, and then the brain does this thing that we call pruning. This is like when you prune um, a plant. My wife is the green, green thumb. In our household, so I'm probably talking a little bit of bullshit right now, but I imagine the act of pruning the flowers, or from from a basil plant, or you know the top leaves to allow the plant to regrow and new leaves and new branches, etc. Anyway, this is what the brain does after make, making all all these many 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 connections. It has to prune some of them. So this happens after a couple of years, and and then. Children go into their childhood and 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 school time, and then they hit puberty and during puberty there's kind of this another growth spurt in their brain it 's not like they're forming all the new connections all of a sudden like they were one years old but this is this is when you see their interests develop and it's like their personality is going into a growth spurt. So suddenly they care about and are interested in new things and complex issues, m- much more complex than before. Issues such as friendships and politics and sex and moral issues and, and much more. And they have opinions. Whoever said they can have opinions all of a sudden, right? And and it's like they're little dolls. Little dolls with their opinions and their interests and new friends and, 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 and talking about the future and, and society and all of that crap. And 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 you, we see them as little adults, and, and it's exciting, and it's moving, and it's it's amazing. So we expect them to behave accordingly. You know, you have all these complex opinions about the world, so behave like an adult. But that's the problem, because that's an illusion. Because their brain, as adult as it may seem, is still in the process of growing and developing. And while their mental capacities kind of rush into the adult world, and they want to feel like they're adults, their emotional capacities tend to lag behind and stay, in a sense, in the child's world. So it's like the teenage brain is stuck in the middle. It's like it's stuck between the innocent, simple, and emotional world of childhood and the exciting, complex, and scary world of being an adult. So why is that? And and the answer to that question lies in the difference between how different parts of our brain develop and the different roles our brain parts or brain regions have. And, And when we look at that, we can look at two different parts. And this is a real oversimplification of the brain, what I'm going to do right now. But we can look at the brain and see two different parts. We can look at the emotional part and the thinking part. And I I do this disin- distinction a lot because it's really helpful. So it's like in the middle of your your brain you have this emotional brain kind of it's right, right smack in the middle of your brain inside everything, and it, it's a region. It's comprised of several parts. You may have heard the term the limbic system or the amygdala. It doesn't really matter the terms if you're not a neurosurgeon, right? What you have to uh, uh, acknowledge is that this is the part of your brain it is responsible to getting the cues from the environment and sensing if it's safe or not safe and controlling all your emotional vibes. Okay, this is again oversimplification but this is what it is for this matter. And on the other hand, we have another uh, brain region which is higher G- geographically, it lies h- above that uh, first region. And that's, let's call that the thinking brain. It's also known as the prefrontal cortex. And if you imagine the part of your brain that is behind your forehead, right above your eyes, okay, so this is where all the grooves and, and you know, all the wrinkles of the brain are located. And this is the part that is responsible for being kind of being an adult if you may think of it like that this is the part that understands consequences this is the part that is imaginative and uh, in the sense that it can imagine the future and plan ahead and this is also the part that is responsible to inhibiting many other emotions or uh, um, or drives instinctual drives like hunger or sex drive Uh, and other uh, derives like that. And the prefrontal cortex, which is kind of hard to pronounce, so I'm going to stick with the thinking brain, it takes a lot of time uh, to mature. It really takes its sweet time maturing because you want to assume that it's going to mature quite uh, quickly, but we know that it matures around the age of 20, (laughs) okay? So think about teenagers and the, the stupid things they do. Okay, you can almost say that you can't expect them to act logically because they don't have the brain capacity for that yet. So all those things that kids and teenagers aren't really good at judging consequences and thinking logically, they all come from the same brain region, which only matures way past their childhood. So again, think of yourself at, you know, 14. Think of all the silly stuff you did. You now have a nice excuse for that, right? But anyway, how can we act with our teenagers? What can you do if you want to survive this period of time and coming from the other side stronger in your relationship with them and not, you know, distanced or full of anger? So I want to say that raising a teenager is kind of like doing a workout for your ring muscles. You need to move gently between flexing and relaxing. When our kids grow into teenagers, they seem like hungry wolves. They eat a lot, but they also bark and they bite. And we feel like we lose control over them. And when you're losing control, your own natural response is to tighten your grip. So you try to be more controlling, more forceful with your teenagers. So you enforce curfews and punishments and you up the ante with the chores, or whatever you do. Usually, uh, when you do that in the heat of anger, you are most likely to escalate the situation. And this is because your child will do the same when they feel you are being more forceful and controlling. They will do the same. They will get into this defensive mode and will bark harder and bite harder. And children, they have the, this tendency and, and realize that when they are teenager, they have enough experience with you guys to know where your sweet spots are, where your triggers are, and push on them. So your natural response is to keep doing what is worked before, but now your kid sees the world differently. And they need something else from you when they're teenagers than when they were, I don't know, preschoolers. And as parents, you'd be better off if you could stop the escalation as soon as possible. So what I'm trying to say here is that parents usually try to hit the iron while it's hot, in order to mold. But we should try to be parents and not blacksmiths, because that doesn't really work with the human mind. So when emotions are high, when you're having a fight with your child, when you're frustrated as fuck with them, when there's a screen fight, there is no chance of a real conversations, Because both yours and your child's thinking brain are out of the loop and you are both reacting from the emotional brain. And when your child, and that's true for little kids as well, but more so for teenagers, when your child only has his emotional brain activated, well, there's just no way of getting forward. You can't talk to that emotional brain in the way you want to as an adult, in a logical way. You have to find a way to reach that emotional brain. You have to find a way to uh, to make space for the thinking brain to, you know, log in back and then you can have a meaningful conversations. So what do you as a parent can do? First of all, you have to work on your ability to keep calm and carry on. You have to know how to wait before react. This is where the whole concept of the parenting map goes back into motion, because if your values, okay, the P in the parenting map is the purpose, okay? So what, what, what is the, the purpose of this interaction between you and your child? What are your values? What do you want to achieve? What kind of parent do you want to be for them in that moment? You want to be the screaming parent? You want, you want to be the old geezer that doesn't understand them? Or you want to be different? And And then how do you do so? You want to keep the attachment secure. So you have to be really mindful of whatever is going on, first and foremost, inside of you because you can never control what your child will think or feel or do you can always control or try to control what you think and feel and do and this always 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 begins with awareness with being mindful to your own thoughts and emotions and yeah you will have to learn how to clench your teeth more often than not and wait before you react but i guarantee you i promise you it's going to be worth your while So whenever you feel the heat rising, and I mean physically the heat rising, because when you're angry, your body gets warmer, you will feel the heat. You will feel your teeth clench, your hands clench, you will feel the need to just shout at them. You will feel all those feelings, you will notice your thoughts. If you are practiced in the act of noticing your thoughts, you will be able to notice, wow, this is really driving me crazy, I'm so angry with her right now. But the beauty of being a mindful parent is that you are able to stop, that you are able to make room between the stimulus, which is your raging teenager and your response. And when you can wait, you can also choose your reaction. And, you know, this is kind of what I taught my client. We worked on our ability to be mindful and it took time it's not like she went out from that session knowing what to do exactly and you know she she knew what she had to do she just had to take the time and implement it but then she learned how to postpone her reactions and she learned how to say something like and this is something that you can you can use right now when your child and that's true also for little children you know i wouldn't say toddlers but you know school children but Specifically, we're talking about teenagers right now. This is kind of a sentence that you can use always when they are doing something wrong or acting in some way that is hurting you or someone else. First and foremost, you have to make sure that everything is safe. Because if if we're talking about violent uh, behavior, you have to do whatever you need to do to make it stop at that moment. But if that's not the issue, you can always react instead of, you know, shouting at them and 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 threatening with a punishment, or punishing, or sending them to the room, or whatever, you can say something like, and and try to be calm, because that will drive them crazy, but also it will help to calm them down. You can say something like, you know, this behavior is unacceptable to me. And I understand that you are upset right now, and so am I, so we will talk about this later, when we are both calmer. And you can add something like, you know, your dad and I are going to talk later about how we can respond to that and this is what I taught my client to do and uh, I remember when, when she uh, tried that for the se- first time and she told me that her daughter didn't know how to react and, and you know expect to get eye rolls because this is a change, this is something new and that's fine, that's fine and you know, eye rolling at you, it's part of their job in this age because it's their job to differentiate from you again, remember yourself at that age didn't you eye roll at your parents? maybe behind their back, but you did is it her fault? yeah But it's it's an important stage in their lives. Anyway, again, try to say something like, this is kind of behavior that is unacceptable by me. And I understand that you're upset right now. I am upset right now. Let's talk about it later when we are calmer. And if you need to, you can add, I'm going to talk later with dad or mom, and and we decide how to react to that later. And again, I'm talking about those situations when you can wait. Like, if, if, if your teenage kid is at the moment, I don't know, is busy kicking the shit out of his younger sister, well you have to stop that on its tracks, right? And sometimes kids do that. But when everyone is physically safe, you don't have to react right away. You can always push the reaction for later. And that's sometimes the best thing to do because when you approach these moments in a quieter, calmer way, you as a parent have a better capacity to find a solution your child needs. And I'll say more than that. You, as a parent, will have a better capacity to be there for your child in the way that he or she really needs you at that moment. And that is what is most important. That is what builds this secure attachment between you guys. Because in the end of the day, you want to allow them to grow up. Remember, they act like little adults. They think they know everything, but they don't. But you want to get them to this place where they are confident about themselves and they have something to show for it. This is the young adult you want them to be, I believe. This is the young adult I want my children to be. So it's like you have to be there as the emotional bridge the emotional scaffolding between the place they are emotionally and the place they are mentally and cognitively, between the emotional brain and the thinking brain. So if you come into those interactions with your child, remembering that they're only children yet, and yeah, they may have the body of an adult human being already. You can see that sometimes even with I don't know, 13 years old. That really doesn't matter. And they may think that they are adults and they know everything about the world, but they don't. (laughs) I reminded that yesterday, I told my seven years old that he argued with me about something. And I told him, dude, I have 32 years more experience than you in this world. I know a little bit more about how the brain works because I studied that. We were talking about screen time and how it affects the brain and it made me laugh inside that i had to say that to him and but it's true you may look at your adolescent child and be amazed at their capacity to think and engage in conversation and and you know how how amazing they are all of a sudden but they're also children with children minds and children brains so it's up to you to be that rich and believe me if you can position yourself in this um manner in this accepting and mindful and respecting manner towards their brains, you will have a much better connection with them growing up. And they will come out of this shit storm of a period of puberty and adolescence and they will become those adults that you wish them to be. So I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was meaningful for you and helping for you. If you have teenage children and you want to share with me how these ideas struck you, please let me know. Come to my Instagram at apparentlyparent and let me know or just reach out through the website at apparentlyparent.com. And if you don't have teenage children yet, but you know someone who does, send them this episode. You may help them. And that's something great to do, right? And I would also would like to ask you to go to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I know it's a bit of a stretch to do that because it's not, you know, it's, it's not a one-click thing. You have to search for the podcast and you have to, you know, write a couple of words. But if you do so, you will first help me get in front of more ears and also i can learn more about what you like and dislike about this podcast and i want to make this the best show about parenting for you guys so help me with that i would really appreciate that and that's it and um, if you want to reach me again i'm at theparentyparent.com or on instagram at theparentyparent and i will see you again next week on episode 20 bye bye <laughs>